Welcome everyone to another episode of Big Ideas Little Execution. It's your boy Kevin and it's your boy Mohammed and we're back at it with another great episode this week and I think we're episode 7 it's getting a bit bit long here. Yeah, yeah, no I think we're doing this. I didn't think we'll be here for that long but <laughs> almost there, almost there, you know. Season 1 soon to be wrapped up. Maybe next episode is the last one. Maybe in four, maybe in two. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> no, nah, we got to do something special for the wrap-up, right? We got to think of something. We'll think of it. We'll, we'll think, think of, of something. It. Maybe a, a holiday special or something. You know? Sheesh! Like the big shows do it. <laughs> but yeah, no, welcome to the uh, seventh episode. And I think what are we talking about today? Um, unemployment. Unemployment. Rates at an all-time high. But um, unlike when COVID hit, Unemployment by choices rates are, are all time high. Well, that's the thing. Is yeah. it by choice or is it not by choice? I think or, it's a once by choice because we'll, yeah. otherwise the unemployment rate being up. You know, we have people here that will hit us in the DM like, oh, by the way, the unemployment rate that you mentioned is not at 4%. It's, it's clearly at 3%. I mean, right technically, now. statistically, if you look at it, <laughs> I mean, you have to factor in that there's the fact that that. Yeah, we're going to talk about unemployment. We're going to talk about, you know, working from home, working in the office. And we'll also touch base on what industries are the future. Yeah, yeah. I think coming from accounting and finance, I'm starting to have doubts. You know. God damn. <laughs> oh, you saying your degree is useless? Maybe. Who knows, man? Who knows? Five man? years from now, ten years from now, who knows? Nah, you know, I do believe that they'll always need accountants, but maybe they don't. <laughs> so yeah, we'll touch. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk about it. We'll right? talk about so it. So let's start with unemployment. So unemployment rates, all time high. And you said it. Is it by choice or is it not? Because there are reports out of the U.S. that an unprecedented number of people are quitting their jobs. Yeah, right? I think I think the, the the amount of people that are quitting their jobs by choice is higher now, you know, compared to like even like pre-COVID levels. And mm-hmm. I think that's by choice, right? Like it, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Like you had time during COVID, you know, if everything went well for you or like if you had the ability, you know, to not be sick and like your family was okay to kind of take a step back and look at your life, right? Like, yeah. why am I doing this? Like, why am I working this hard? Why am I working in this industry? Why am I working this retail job? Why am I putting myself at risk? So that's one of the things that people, it's only when you have a chance to stop, you could think about it, right? And that's why there's so many people um, where even like they realize that like I don't want to work in I don't want to work two three jobs I can't pay my bills yeah. I have no health care benefits or anything and people there's so many great stories of people going back to school and learning how to code like they got laid off at the beginning of covid changed up their whole like job and now they want to, now they want to do something else yeah right so and then so that's why people are complaining we can't find new people to hire because and you know people, oh, they're lazy, uh, people don't want to work. It's No, it's, nigga, your job sucks. Yeah, but I think there are some lazy people in there too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but definitely, right, like, I think it's, it's just normal, right? Like, we're not here to survive. Like, this whole, I think it's probably like a North American mentality, you know, grind, get four jobs, you know, like, nah. And, like, you know, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the pandemic too, right? Like, I don't want to work for 50 years to enjoy life when I'm 75 yeah. and die at 80. Exactly, right? And I think a lot of people that, because constantly in, in North America, you're always in the mindset of grind, 
hustle, grind, and do what's the next thing, and you're going to make it and grind. And, and it's like, when do you actually take time to enjoy life, right? When do you actually take time to understand what's really important in your life? Yeah. And during COVID, you actually had the chance, you know, to take that step back and look, okay, I care about my family. I care about my health. I care about having the ability to, like, have dinner with my family every day. Yeah. Have, you know, a lunch with my kids, like, when possible. Or, like, you know, like, prep my kids well before they go to school. Or, like, mm -hmm. prep them for... Like, little things like that, right? And, and you understand a lot of the things that, you know, if your job is not... If you work at a retail store, if you work at a grocery store, yeah, like, it's, it's really harder because you have to be there. Yeah. But, like, for jobs that were, like, office jobs, right? Like, that people are, like, now saying, hey... You guys want to send us back to the office? Like, I don't like this. Like, you know, you're mm -hmm. taking a lot of things away from me. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a good thing for people to take this chance uh, to revisit this. And also because most companies are in need of people to be hired. So you have more leverage. So let me ask you this then, right? So you have all this stuff of people deciding, look, you know what? I know what's important to me now. I know what I want to focus on. I, if your job's not going to offer me that, I'm going to leave. And I definitely think that's more of a quote-unquote younger generation like our generation's attitude like are we and we, we've talked about this before our parents would be like you started for company i worked there till i die i'm loyal to them if i if i was a teller at td and i worked my way up at td <laughs> i would die at td like yeah. it's loyalty to td our generation's more like i started working at goldman sachs after one year i hated it i, sw I went over to shopify and then i didn't want to work at shopify anymore i wanted like our generation would just switch yeah if we like we have loyalty to the extent that the company has loyalty to us. And what a lot of people are learning is no company has, or not many companies have loyalty to their employees. I think most companies, man, like I, I think you have to really understand that one, man, this is your life. It, it's your life. Yep. Like none of this, like you said, like parents would say, you know, that's your company. You can work there for 20, 25 years. Like, mm -hmm. nope. Like, if it's not working, it's not working. And you have the rights, like you have the skill set. And yeah. that's the thing, right? And now more than ever, you actually have the ability to upgrade your skill set or switch your skill set because of the availability of information online and everything, right? Yeah. So I think props to employees, right? You have to be ready for that. Yeah. And as an employer too, you have to be ready to like address that job market. And now that people are more competitive, it's also harder for other people to get jobs, right? Like where we're going to talk about like industries of the future, because yeah. if we all become overqualified in terms of like different roles that we may be aiming for, then it's going to be a pain in the ass to get that job, right? <laughs> but I think people taking the choice of like, hey, I'll take, you know, I'll stay unemployed for a bit just because I want to get what I want to get, respect to them. So do you think companies you know change so like and that's the thing I, I always wondered right like in the states you see all those like restaurant companies and stuff where they weren't offering people like there wasn't a minimum wage in most of the states right so like they, they if you're a server you basically live by tips and if there was no health benefits no dental and you're seeing people in the restaurants where they're offering you know more benefits now to try to entice workers to come back which makes me think, it's not because you couldn't. It's not because it was expensive. It's because you just didn't want to offer people those benefits. So, and now you have to adapt to get people. Yeah. Because no one's going to come work for you when they, they can't clean their teeth twice a year. Which is like bare minimum like shit, right? So, yeah. do you, how, how much do you think, whether it's jobs that are in person, like 
grocery stores and stuff or like bank tellers where you physically like uh, you have to be there you can't like those jobs you can't avoid do you think those jobs are the only ones that will adapt or do you think office jobs will adapt, adapt too i think office jobs will have to adapt too right because i think it's not only happening in like those jobs where the problem was yes i wasn't even getting enough money to cover my bill yeah like, and like the fact that i had to work two to three jobs to survive was a norm like i think yes those will have to change because now people are understanding that okay maybe i can switch you know into another type of role and, and type of job like based on like after taking you know a certificate for six months or anything you know getting in debt for a bit like you know getting some more education and like you know doing a job that's better i think for office jobs a lot of people are also understanding you know because there is the whole concept of like i think for us office jobs most likely it's like if you were forced to be in the office before yeah now you have to work you work remotely and you successfully did that yeah. and now you're forced back into the office so there's a yeah. big change for a lot of people that are like i can't deal with that like i literally cannot come back to the office and like there was um, a, a good show i think is um on youtube i can't remember the, the guy's name one of the shark tank guy that mm -hmm. was basically uh saying that he thought it was going to be 15 percent of his employees that didn't want to come back to the office yeah. but it was more like 55 percent and really yeah and someone said well don't you say, think that maybe says that people hate the office <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like yes and it he accepted that fact that yes there has to be some flexibility and switch yeah. because it's been working yeah. it's been working and ultimately that's yeah. the goal the, yeah. the goal is really for if for you to achieve your objective so employers will have to adapt too right and i think like you said like on the on the on the restaurants workers like, you know, how they were basically believing that this is how I'm going to, you know, feed myself. This is how I'm going to put food on the table and this is the norm. Yeah. Like, it makes me think a little bit of, like, when we started at the Big Four, right? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is how it is. Like, the Big Four didn't pay, like, more than, like, what? Like, I think it was, like, 45 when we started. Yeah. And it's like, that's how it is. And we just have to take it because that's how it's set. Yeah. But you looked at other roles and like that required the same type of qualification that were maybe giving you more, but you always had that narrative of people saying, you know what, that's how it is. And now that's also changing a little bit. Yeah. So, but that, that's the thing, right? You start thinking of like, Oh, this is how it is. I'm paying my dues. Yeah. I, and it, to your point earlier, right? it's a North American concept, right? Uh, I have to hustle. If I grind harder, shit will change. And you start realizing if I quit, Shit might change too, nigga. <laughs> like, bam. Exactly. Shit might change too, right? I'm like, I like, I do applaud everyone in the States and other places who are like, anyone who's made the decision to say that this job is not for me, I'm going to leave because this company isn't forward thinking. I applaud that. Because when we, like, when we started early in our career, right? And we, to this day, we still have this problem where we think, ah, I can't change anything. <laughs> I can't, like, what am I going to do? Complain and change what? Nothing, right? But you're seeing more and more from our generation where their complaints are being heard. It's just a matter of what you focus that energy on, right? So if you think companies are going to change and adapt to that, then the question becomes, and the biggest thing is whether it's more flexibility, whether it's more benefit packages, more comprehensive benefit packages, whether it's more mental health benefit packages, which, again, wasn't a big um, concern for companies before, um let's talk about the most obvious one true true flexibility <laughs> right working from home 
or in, in the office. And I'm talking also for jobs where you're not required to be in the office. So I'm not, we're not talking about, you know, someone who's a server, you kind of remotely serve me my food. So <laughs> you don't count, but I'm talking about other jobs where you're in the office and you may or may not have to talk to someone every day or every month, right? So working from home, do you think that companies truly will adapt to that unless they're forced to? And by forced, I mean, I honestly think it'll take people quitting at a higher rate for them to be forced to. Yeah, I think they will be forced to because people are quitting already. Like in the U.S., it happened where people are quitting their job yeah. because they don't want to be back in the office like full time. Like there's a lot of companies that understand, right? Like I think a lot of companies actually like credits to them understand the fact that coming out of COVID, you doubted the fact that we could do this, you know, uh-huh. like remotely. 100%. And now they've actually realized, wow, this is possible. And they save money on some of that instance, right? Like yeah. if you just think about like, you know, less coffees, like less maintenance, like less, you know, like yeah. uh, cleaning services, like um, yes, more IT costs initially, yeah. but like over the longer term, like it, it, it's the flexibility. You have less client lunches, less client meetings. Maybe that part is like the client is not really too happy about that. So you'll come <laughs> back to it. Yeah. But for example, I, there was a report that PwC is offering full flexibility to his employees, I think it was in the UK, yeah. in terms of like coming back to the office, right? There's other companies, I don't. I think it was JP Morgan that said, screw everything, you guys are back yeah. in the office five days a week, <laughs> right? So it's like, you have that. And when you have, a lot of times, why companies could do what they could do in the past, it's because of their brand. I'm JP Morgan, I'm KPMG, so, so I can do this. And it's, it's But that like, doesn't matter anymore. But it's also because there's a fear that they always thought people they always thought, like, my thing is they always thought, for example, like a J.P. Morgan, they would always think that if as an older generation person, the job won't get done because you're just going to be at home and you're not going to work. And my biggest question to people who are trying to force people back to the office is, ha- have you missed any deadlines? Have people missed any due dates? Maybe that's a conversation you need to have with that employee. But if you haven't missed any deadlines and due dates, what is the incentive or what is the purpose of forcing your employees back in the office when they don't want to be? And that's my biggest thing. I I, I understand before. Don't you miss your friends at work? What friends? <laughs> what? You don't miss your friends at work? <laughs> Bro, I, I barely miss my real friends in life. <laughs> like what? I think I this, think like that's the it came down to this, right? Like, I think it was first productivity. And that was kind of, like, dealt with. Yeah. And, of course, you always have the lazy guy <laughs> that's, you know, chilling, not doing anything. Yeah. And, like you said, that's a case by case. But most of the time, it seems like productivity is not down, right? Well, because it's whether you're in the office or not, right? Like, there's two different ways. If I'm at home and I need to just chill for, like, let's all accept that no one is working. Uh, it's an eight-hour job. No one is working as an office job, right? No one is working eight hours, full 100% concentration, what? start to finish. Oh, come on now, it's bro. That's not, me. It's just not happening. That's, that's what I do every <laughs> single day. Oh, yeah? No minutes lost, bro. Yeah, I have, I have screenshots of... Uh... What screenshots, bro? <laughs> I don't even use my phone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that's the thing, right? Like, no one is working 100% effort. So whether I'm at home... You know, maybe taking that time to, you know, grab a coffee, grab a bagel, right in my house. To, or I'm just taking some chance to, like, 
light on for a second because I've been working overtime for the past couple days and I just need some like disconnect time. People might see that as a drawback, but there's also people who are in the office. We, we all know that one guy in the office <laughs> that goes to use like the washroom or something and then he like walks around, grabs a coffee, stops at a desk, talks to his friends, goes here, that used to be me, and all this <laughs> other stuff, right? Like that's that the... Uh, that office social life, right? But that's how you, like, decompress. Like, if you wanted to decompress in the, out the office, but everyone's working, you'll just go find your friend, like, oh, hey, Susie, how's it going? <laughs> oh, how are the kids? How's the weekend? And when I'm home, I don't have to do that with anyone but myself. <laughs> but don't you find that lonely? Ah, uh, no. Nah. It's the wrong audience. You're talking... It's the wrong audience. Talking to the wrong guy. But I, I understand what you mean, right? And I think... It comes down to people basically understanding and accepting that people can be productive at home. Yeah. And I understand. If you're a new guy, you know, it's your new job. You need to. You don't need to. It would be nice hey, to. I'm, I'm living proof. <laughs> I'm living proof that if you start a job in the middle of COVID, you can figure it out if you try hard. <laughs> okay, you can do. So you don't need to. It would be a nice to have to get be, to know everyone yeah. and like just have the Wait. ability to reach to, out to someone. No, no, I think I think you need to. You like culture? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so, so I, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. Because you seem to have like you know <laughs> a very strong opinion on this culture part, and I want to say, don't you find it useful though to like know? I think, for example, I look, right, like, in my team, there's, like, 60 people. Yeah. There's maybe 20 people that join. Yeah. I don't know them. Not that I need to know them, right? <laughs> but it would be nice to know them. Because, okay. like, let's say you just want to, like, chit-chat and everything. I usually, in my teams, I just always look for a soccer fan. And, like, that's uh, yeah. the guy that I'm going to go and talk to, right? So, and when we go back to the office, I can do that. But, like you say, a lot of times, the amount of time you spend on, like, the socializing part of the office you're takes wait, away too much from time. your work, right? Yeah. You're wasting time. Yes, it's part of the job, but it's not a critical part that requires me to be in the office. And you don't do that in the office all the time, the social mm -hmm. part. The other times that I'm in the office, if I'm not dealing with someone, meeting a client, or, you know, have an event, mm -hmm. I don't need to be in the office. And I think that's what a company needs to realize, like, the flexibility that is needed. Right, you don't have to force people to be there for like a specific day, and people should be there on a need to basis. And if you want, just to keep the culture aspect, and I, I'm okay with that, force people to be there like one day or two days of the week, force them to be there if you really want a culture. To one, be. one. <laughs> like my thing is like to your point, if you want to have people in the office, it should be purely flexible. Like I don't think, and I, all the different approaches I've been hearing. Have been people saying, oh, like as a team, like because there's different teams in every company, right? There's a finance team, there's an IT team, there's an HR team. As a team, you decide, okay, we come in Tuesdays and Thursdays. I, I think even that is too restrictive. I think it should be, unless there's a reason why, let's say you and I work together, unless you and I have to collaborate, and if we don't have to collaborate, but we're on the same team, but Wednesday works better for you, for your schedule, because you have kid pickups or whatever you have to work around with your wife, and I prefer Tuesdays because that works better with my schedule. Even if we're on the same team, if we don't need to collaborate on anything, I should be able to choose whatever day I want to come in. On a, like an eight-hour day, I'm not going to get to know you any better, aside from if I bump into you at the washroom. <laughs> Jim, that was crazy, man. That was crazy. Hey, 
<laughs> well, no, I think I think that's very necessary, right? Because I think when <laughs> on a day to day basis, like if you're in accounting, for example, yeah, like and I met you, uh, like at your desk, I'm not talking to you necessarily only about like the new IFRS guidance that's out, you know, yeah, or why this client is stupid, yeah, but I'm just also talking to you about, oh, hey, Kevin. How was your day? And not just like that, the snow is bad, right? Like I'd be like, yo, Kevin, you watch that game, the football game. And that would be a great interaction that you have with me. And when I leave, rather than say, I hate this guy, I'd be like, damn, I love Mohammed, bro. So, he always comes to me with that. And that will also increase that collaboration, right? And when you're in the office, that's when you have the ability to do all But that. then I'm also wasting more time than if I was at home. There has to be a balance. There has to be a balance, and that's why it has to be flexible, right? Like, to be honest, to be honest, the the collaboration can be, we're heading towards a digital world. Like, let's just get on with Zoom and Teams, right? Like, I don't need to physically see you to be your best No, friend. you have to. And I don't... <laughs> no, you, you, you have to. <laughs> I think the flexibility. Like, people, coming back to unemployment, people will quit their job. Like, a portion of people will quit their job, right? Because... They're being forced to be fully remote. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, fully in office. Yeah. And some people will quit their job because there's not going to be an ability to go back to the office. Because some people do want to no, be in the office. Do right? like it, yeah. Some people do like it because we don't have kids. And a lot of people don't like to chill with their kids for that long, right? Because it's it's hard. It's hard having like... No, to be honest, like I don't know how I would be doing if I had a three-year-old that doesn't care about my meeting. He doesn't care that I have Teams meeting at 2 p.m. for like an hour and yeah. I need it to be quiet. He, he doesn't care. Yeah. So I can understand that and some people will quit on that too. And that flexibility is being provided by other employers. And that's why employers will have, the job market is adapting, yeah. right? It's not like if every employer said, yo, screw all of you guys, we're all going back in the office, what are you gonna do? You're not an entrepreneur. <laughs> You're just gonna say, "Maybe I am. my friend, can I at least work one home at home? <laughs> <laughs> and that would be it, right? But I think right now, employers are adapting, and it's a sign that we're evolving towards like a, a better, I believe, a better flexible environment because my life, I can't see myself just like dedicating 50 years of my life purely to work, right? I, I, can, I actually cannot picture that. It has to be, like I was telling like my friend, like ideally, my ideal mm. would be if there are seven days a week, I need to know that at least four days of the week is just for myself, right? And I work three days. And if you want me to work three days for like 25, 25 hours for each of those three days, I'll do it. I'll sleep an hour. But, you know, but, I'm exaggerating, but I think we just need to get a little bit more control on our lives. And maybe that's when you have to become an entrepreneur and do something for yourself. And even then, at least when you're working hard and crazy, it's for yourself. But you still don't get control of your time. It's time. It's time. Like, you and I both had a conversation about commuting. It's just time. An eight-hour workday isn't eight hours. It's not. It's 12 hours. Yeah. If, you're, if your commute's an hour, it's 12 hours, right? By the time you get home, shower, whatever, wash the COVID from the office off of, off of you, <laughs> right? It's just, it's time. And to your point, right? If you're at home, let's say no kids, you just have a wife, girlfriend, whatever, and you guys live together, right? You them you get to spend what's more like what's more like when you start thinking about what's more important to you in life, is it me spending eleven hours a day with my coworkers or spending eleven hours a day with my best friend, significant other, whatever? 
to me, that's more important. Yeah. If I had a kid, I, I get that they don't give a shit about your life. But I would rather be home spending the majority of my time with them than my coworkers. Yeah. Now, is there a fine line? Of course. But Jim at the office can live without me. Yeah. My wife and kid cannot. Yeah. Spoken yeah. from a guy who does not have a wife. Or <laughs> <laughs> but I, that, those are the things that like, I just think that it just makes... And it doesn't have to be only like significant other, right? It could be friends. It could be family. It could be parents. Having that ability to see them more, it's just... It's different, right? Like, I could... If you don't live in the same city as your parents, being able to go fly to a city, hang out with your parents, but you're still, you can still work because you're working from home. Yeah. Having that optionality, right? And what I look... I think when we... Because we're both in accounting and finance and when we look at all of this, like tech workers, they don't have this issue, right? Like they, yeah. they've been working remotely forever. And uh, again, for the roles that are possible, I'm not saying the guy that got to be there to do something with like the database. Well, I, I don't know what the hell tech workers do. But I think we have to understand and we have to accept, right? The fact that not everyone needs to be back in the office. Not everyone needs to be there all the time. And sometimes it just becomes a point of, oh, you have to show face in the office, right? Yeah. And it becomes a game of politics, which is a sad part of this life. A lot of times, jobs and work and anything to deal with humans is all about anything, politics yeah. and people and networking. And you have to find your balance for that. But I think employers will adapt and they've been adapting, which is a good thing. And it, it shows you, like, you know, we were talking about, like, oh, like, maybe had we complained a lot more about, like, <laughs> mental health or, like, a lot more about, like, the working hours, that something would have changed. And in my mind, like, I'm also, like, an immigrant, but, like, it's, that's how it is. That's how I'm going to be. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you, you, think I it, will, you think it would have changed? I think so. Now, a little bit. A little bit. And, no, bro, you, you look at it. Look at it. At our old jobs, a lot of things have changed that I personally believe wouldn't change. A lot of things have changed. And that's because people started quitting. And because they started having less applications and less returns of yeah. people, right? So yeah. a lot of changes are happening. And that's also because... But all that's COVID. That's COVID. That's COVID. It's thanks to COVID, right? And one other thing, actually, that I'm very curious about, and I have no idea, it's like how employers will deal with people getting COVID on site. Because there's so, COVID is not over. That's something I don't understand. Because... You're forcing people back to the office, but to your, like COVID's not over. So if you force me back into the office two days a week, and the first day I get back in, Jim, I'm going to keep using Jim. I don't actually know anyone named Jim, so it's good. Jim has a kid. His kid goes to school. His kid gets COVID or whatever, gives it to Jim. Jim passes it on to me. I'm only in the office because you forced me to come and have this conversation with Jim. Now I have COVID, and I get really sick. Can I sue the company? I'm not a lawyer, bro, but I don't know. Like, I'm, it's really going to be interesting. I don't know. Does any, are any of you lawyers who listen to this? I, I want to know. Yeah. But, actually, I, I, would, I would be, you know, funny enough, I actually met a guy yesterday at the butcher, yeah. and he told me that if you, there is... You met a guy at the butcher. Yeah, I met why, a guy. Why are you so friendly? <laughs> <laughs> what, bro? He asked me, he basically asked me, if my employer was forcing me to inject myself with the vaccine, right? And if so, he gave me his business card because he has ways to save me from it. And I was like, being the nice guy that I am, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. I actually have a friend that has a problem like that. <laughs> and I gave him your number. Oh, yeah? So, <laughs> so if he ever reaches out, 
That's you. And that's what I always do. Like when someone, I meet someone and, you know, I don't know them. I always give like my first name or my last name and I give someone else's. Like I would say, for example, my, nom- my name is John Noel, right? And like I just give that to someone and I give a phone number of my friend to someone else. So anyways, what? anyways, but I, wait, wait. <laughs> ah, we're we're going to come back to that. That's a side note. But it was just to say that it's an area that seems to be, you know, of concern to a lot of people. And I would be really curious to see what's going to happen on that. And I really hope, like, none of the outbreaks happen at where I work uh, or where, uh, where anyone works. Where anyone works. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting to think about what the implications of that are and if you or the employers, uh, who's going to be responsible for it, yeah. right? So then, I guess... Moving, I guess, moving from that then, because then you look at like, there's a risk of being in office. There's people having people. People are quitting because they don't want to be in office. Some people are quitting because they're not going to get to be in office, right? What do you think things move to as employers adapt? So like, we've seen a big shift into, like, there are certain jobs when we're coming up that you're like can never go away. Doctors can never go away. Engineers, people who build bridges, infrastructure, they can never really go away. Accountants can never really go away. Um, finance can never really go away. Like, there's different fields. There's certain fields that you're just like, there's, there's, there's no way you can lose this job. And we've seen a big shift of people into the tech sector, coding, all that stuff. All stuff that, like, when we were growing up, coding wasn't a, it wasn't a focus in schools. It wasn't like, Yo, you should guys should start coding. If someone told me that, I would, uh, it would have been a, it would have been way smarter. Yeah. But no one told us that, right? Yeah. So like, if you had a kid now, right, and you had to tell them, here's where the industries are going in the next ten years, would you push them to something that's like, like a, like accounting is like safe, reliable, you'll always have a job. Absolutely whatever? not. Or would you push them? <laughs> <laughs> or would you push them into something else? And what would you consider, right? You know, it's I don't. I think you're all thinking what I'm thinking. And I think coming up, first of all, during COVID, they say that accounting is safe from uh, recessions or pandemic or crisis. Man, a lot of accountants got fired. A lot of people, a lot of auditors got fired. A yeah. Lot of, yeah. And a lot of accountants got fired. You know who so, didn't get fired? Who? Tax people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. At the end of the day, you know, unless the government stopped requesting us to pay taxes, which will never happen. Um <laughs> Tax guy, the tax man will always be there. But industries of the future, I think even people starting, you know, I started as an auditor, people that are joining, you know, like as like a first year auditor, they are required to learn coding to have like some, you oh, know, yeah. yeah, to have like some um, some experience with like coding or, or, or just database management because we, okay. we live in an era of big data. So no matter the field that you're going in, you know, be it, you know, a hardcore finance, be it, accounting be you know uh, marketing like there is a um an ability to deal with the data an ability to make sense of data and that now a days comes from the ability to code and to be able to like understand algorithms and like do more with like the amount of data that you have that you could do with just like you know your little excel because you're talking about a lot of data that you have the ability to analyze so coding no matter the industry, you're going to have to need it at some point, right? Like, I think at some point, unless, like, you're doing, like, a really, like, and I'm talking, you know, just, like, office jobs type. But if I had to tell my kids to go into something, I would actually ask my kids to go into tech. That's it. One, because they, culture-wise, it's usually, like, younger people, mm-hmm. right? It's usually more 
chill, laid back, relaxed, or like that's at least how they portray themselves. Mm-hmm. And I met a guy that works at Google that hates Google. And I, I was really surprised. Yeah, I was really surprised. Don't they have a slide in their building? Yeah, but like that's why I'm like, oh, my, you have a what? nap room, bro, like you have free food. Bro, I would go down the slide every day. I have two friends. One that worked at Google, yeah. and he basically didn't spend anything on groceries because Google just provides yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But another one hated it, right? But I think the flexibility, the ability to work from home, the ability to work from anywhere in the world, yeah, right? Like yeah. that's something big. And I think the more and more, like, you know, I'm growing up, the more like getting a hold back of your time and like what you want to do. Because to be honest, like Kevin said, you know, not everyone works full. Like it's about the deliverable. If something is due tomorrow, if I'm doing it tonight at 2 a.m., Till 6 a.m., it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Unless I'm client-facing, unless I need to meet with someone and, like, I need to abide by someone else's schedule. If I'm just working with my team and I don't, they don't need me, I don't need them, and I just need to deliver my part by this time, and which is, like, with the projects in uh, in uh, the tech industry, yeah. that's all you need to do. So people are working yeah. on different timelines and doing that. So tech or a software engineer and whatever the new in 20 years would be, yeah. that's what I would put my kid into. So we're both coming from the standpoint of like, we both had people working underneath us and we both had obviously both working for people, right? My style of management is like, I'm very, I'm the complete opposite of micromanaging. So like, like you said, right? Like I don't like, um, I don't care when you do it. If, if we, if we, if we want to get something done by Friday at six, if you do it between five and six on Friday and you had all week to do it and you get through it, as long as the quality is good, I don't care. So I would say coding, sure. I think the ball on coding is already here. Um, will it keep advancing? Probably, because then you have things like AI, cybersecurity is a big thing companies had to focus on during COVID. Like, it's so weird how many big companies just had like shit IT systems. Like, they, they couldn't have VPNs. They couldn't have, like, proper, like, security on laptops and everyone had to work. It's just so weird to me. Like, for big corporations to Cost have those problems. Whenever you needed to invest, it seemed too expensive. Why do you and need it's that? Just, it's just weird. Yeah. Right? So, like, I would say, though, there has to be a need for people to, in, to interpret data. So, because in my experience, dealing with some, like, IT people or dealing with coders, you can ask them for something. But if they don't know how to interpret it, then they're kind of useless. So, like, you get a big data set. They can create the dashboard for you. They can create the tools to help you analyze the data. But then you need that accountant who understands the rules and can use the data to make decisions. So I think there will always be a need for both. Just not only the coders, but also the people who understand the tech, the technical I side. think it's more of a thing that an accountant would have to just pick up database coding style, like, you know, coding oh, you skills. you want them to do everything. No, th- that's what it is, right? Like, I don't think necessarily that it's going to be like accounting disappears, but it's like, okay, you're an accountant, but to be an accountant, you need to have those skills. Yeah, because like but, you said, we're not going to hire two guys to do that job. Like, we're not going to hire a coder to just analyze the data or like put it together. And then your accountant can come and be like, oh, yeah, that's what it means. Mm. You need one guy because that's not efficient, right? But even aside of all of those, right, like you look at other industries, like I think industries of the future, like when, when we look at it, like, okay, tech, tech is here. That's the most obvious, right? You look at energy. What's Green the next energy? energy? Green, Green energy. energy, right? But what type? 
solar panels. Like if if depending on where you are, if I lived in West Africa, go into solar. Whatever you do, stay in solar. Cause at some point in time, like you know, based on our last episode, like we say, climate change is real. Yeah. There's gonna have it. There's gonna be a time where we need to switch. Like we actually need to switch to like renewable energy. So you have that. The one that never goes away, a doctor. You know, I'm gonna be 60. Someone's gonna have to check my back. That's my kid. So 60. Bro, I, need, I need my back checking now, bro. <laughs> exactly right. So my kid, one of them, one of my kids so, will have the responsibility. What about to like, become a doctor? What about like cannabis? Oh, I was gonna be like, because <laughs> <laughs> that is an emerging industry. My name is Mohammed. <laughs> Fair enough. If I ever send my kid to work no, in cannabis, what if they were an account? What if they're an accountant at a cannabis company? Bro, I'm gonna tell you a story when I apply for a banker role in okay. the cannabis industry, and what I told my mom was that I'm gonna be working in healthcare, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I ended up going to the final round. Yeah. Didn't get it. And when I didn't get it, I told my mom, I was like, by the way, that role was in cannabis. And she was like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> you're going to be a drug dealer. <laughs> so I think I understand cannabis is, you know, being legalized and everything. And there's a lot of like benefits from like the health side and all. And of yeah. course, the entertainment side, that's like a whole other story. But like from the health side, like there's a lot of things, but the stigma around it, right? So do you think it changes when in five, 10 years? I think the stigma will change absolutely because like growing up, I thought cannabis was like, oh, that's the devil, right? Yeah. And like even now I'm coming to the point of like, okay, like I can understand cannabis being used for like, you know, people that have depression, people that have anxiety, you know, people that have sleep problems, you know, uh, what do you call it? insomnia? Athletes that are in pain. Exactly, right? So yeah. like there's a lot of use case for it that like mentally myself, I'm like, okay, you know what? I get it. Like, the whole, like, usage for, like, you know, entertainment, enjoyment, that's you. Like, it's, like, people that drink, people that, you know, smoke a cigarette. That's, that's just whatever you do, right? Like, yeah. I enjoy my, my sugary drinks. Like, that's it, right? Like, people have, like, their, what do you call it? Like, my little pleasure, my little vice. Guilty that, pleasure. Yeah, guilty pleasure, yeah. right? So, yes, but I come from an African family, bro. Like, I, we're not even going <laughs> to lie to each other here, right? Yeah. It's not no, even an option. No, it's not even an option. Not even and, an option. And, and we leave in a society where I'm not alone, bro. At the end of the day, Mohammed is part of a bigger CDB <laughs> family. And if my kid works in this, I will... Everyone will know. <laughs> All of Africa will know. <laughs> exactly. Like so, you know, and we say we live in a... It's community raising. Yeah. And 20 years from that, 50 years from that, we new. will still be in community raising. So there is no options of that. So Go be a doctor. Okay, so what about this then? You know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in the news about, you know, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, these guys racing to, you know, create a new space tourism kind of industry. Would you tell your kid to go into that? Become like a uh, space engineer or rocket engineer? Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking like that, man? <laughs> what kind of paycheck is that? <laughs> You don't think they get paid, bro? These guys only fly twice every two years, bro. When do you get paid? <laughs> all they do is get trained. So imagine, wait. imagine your kid is telling you, "Oh, that all I'm doing is training to go to space in two years." Wait, you don't think space tourism will be? Use a your thing? time better. 
Use your time better. What would you say? What would you say to your kid if he came to you and said, Dad, I want to be an astronaut? Let it be real. I mean, he can do it. He can do it? Yeah. You'll well, let well, him? Why not? You'll support him in being an astronaut? Why not? Space, space tourism is, is going to be a real industry. Why? I don't know. Because people are willing to pay a quarter of a million dollars to go to, not even real space, just the outside of the atmosphere for 10 minutes and come back down. So what does your kid become? The guy that drives a plane to... The <laughs> <laughs> What's your kid's role in this? He builds the rocket. Oh, he okay. He designs the rocket. So he's an engineer. He's an engineer. Okay. Or, I'm pretty sure astronauts are like, they have to be like engineers, physicists. Like they they have like, spe like specialties in case shit. Like the people that go to the, like the space station and like stay there and mm -hmm. like do studies and shit. They have, they all have like specialties. Like they're not just an astronaut. Are you sure? Yeah. I, I, I'm not too sure about they, that. They right? do, because if they're stuck up there and something happens, one of them, ha or a couple of them have to know how to fucking fix the But that's, that's an astronaut. Yeah. They have to be engineers. Okay, okay. And they have to be... So, okay, then let me retract. Yeah. If, if they're building the rocket and just at the same time getting ready to go to space, then okay. <laughs> if, if, so, so... No, 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 Mike. No, no, if my son was a space Uber, you're going to roast him? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what the hell? What's a space Uber, bro? But I can understand, you know, and space tourism will be big because when you become too rich, there's a point where you're like, man, I've tried everything here. Damn. Let me go see what's outside. Speaking from experience? Nah. <laughs> I wish. But... No, that's, that's kind of like how, that's a whole other topic. That's how I explain a lot of the weird things rich people do uh, and a lot of like dark things they do. Yeah. Because I think money buys you everything and then you start to think of something that money or power is not allowing you to have mm -hmm. and you go into those areas. But space right now is not available to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. I think, and personally, if I become rich enough that I can like, you know, afford like a trip to space, I would love to go and check it out. You know? Uh, what about the what about that headline though? Which headline? Malian man dies in space. Nah, nah, that that's a cool headline. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Wakanda style headline. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's definitely an industry of the future. An engineer, I think, no matter how forward looking I am, I'm still an old African man. So it and all comes down to it all comes down to some type of engineer. Whether it, it it's all comes down. Engineer, no, you doctor, know. software engineer. Um, I want my kid to do to be working in an industry that you know is always looking to move forward, right? Like where where you're not stuck in the old ways, and you don't think that oh, but we used to do it like 15 years ago like this. Why are we changing? What about research? What's research? Like uh, vaccine research, cures, cool. all that stuff. Like you're not really a doctor, but you're. Yeah, doctor. Those guys are doctors. What about this? Sales. Any type, like, I remember as a kid, that was something people used to say is like, always try to get sales experience at some point in your life. Because it's a skill that, it's a skill that's very transferable to a lot of different jobs. Yeah. Right? Whether you're doing sales at like, I don't know, from like Canadian Tire to sales at Absolutely. a other multi-million dollar company, right? Like, the skills that the skill set that you learn is very valuable. So would you put your would you have your kid 
have your kid be comfortable doing something in sales. Absolutely. Regardless of the industry, right? You could be pharmaceutical rep, you can do this, you can do this. It can like, be clothing, it could be uh, groceries, it could be absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because no matter what happens with the future, if we're dealing human to human, sales skills are going to be important. Yeah. Interpersonal skills are going to be important. Like, yes, all these platforms, all these technologies, all these everything, but the basics, you know, communication skills, your like you know sales skills your um interpersonal skills your ability to analyze the situation properly and your emotional intelligence are going to be key and there is no way to build that but you know to be in those roles and maybe that's why you got to be in the office right <laughs> maybe that's why you got to be in the office you know, but yeah you know what i wanted to be as a kid what an archaeologist but then you know what I realized? You probably don't get bit. <laughs> Unless you find the new, the new, new dinosaur version 3.0. Yeah. Like, because I just, I've, it sounded cool to me. I was also into Yu-Gi-Oh! back then, so that's why. <laughs> but like, it sounded cool. Like, you're, it's like Indiana Jones. Like, you're just out there just doing shit, running through. I thought you were just running through mazes, trying to find shit finding relics and stuff. But then I realized, really, you're just dusting bones all day. Yeah. You thought life was a movie. Life is life could be a movie. It could be a movie. But I think archaeologists, that's, that's just... I don't even know how as a kid you can have that. Like, that's that's a weird dream to have as a kid. You wouldn't let your kid be one? And who? You wouldn't let your kid be one? An archaeologist? Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah, nah. What about, like, a submarine driver or something? Why? Oh, that's the, for a war. A cruise ship captain. Yeah, a cruise ship captain, absolutely. Submarine drive, that's like... You think that's an industry of the future? Cruise? Bro, cruises are going to be around forever. You think you're going to stop flying or going on vacation? People love their cruises. I actually don't understand. That's a whole different topic. Yeah, that's a whole, <laughs> it's different, a whole different topic. topic. But yeah, I think we're, we're, we're... That's what happens, you know, when we start discussing about different things. <laughs> uh, just questions. But those are some of the industries of the future. And luckily, if you're already in the job market, just keep doing what you're doing and follow whatever you're doing, that's it. If you're a new student that's uh, looking to get in the market, look at the money you're gonna get. Look at what you really care about. Grinding and hustling is very important, but do it the right way. Like, don't lose yourself doing it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. and I think there we can take it to what? Big ideas? New section? Bam, bam, bam. All What's right. your idea? Kevin, do you have an idea for this week? Of course, but you know, I was at the... <laughs> I always let, you know, the youngest go first. Third week in a row that this man has no idea. What's going on? I always have an idea. All right, all right. So my idea of the week is, you know, an idea I've been always thinking about. And Kevin is probably going to claim that he told me about this idea. Oh, I probably did that. I just, no, bro. I just literally explained to you how people are making money of this, right? And we talked about content creation in our first episode, right? Like, we talked mm-hmm. about that. We talked about building a following, building followers. But... I think without even all of that, right? And of course, you're going to need a lot of ads and stuff. If you are an expert in uh, a specific topic, create a course. Go to Udemy. Go to EDX. I think if you have that, this could be a recurring revenue that five to ten years down the road, someone would still be buying $10 or $18 to to pay for your course to learn something. And I find it very useful to learn new skills, right? That's where I go to learn like Python. Yeah, that's <laughs> VBA, <laughs> Java. 
What else is C++? Yeah, th that's why I learned all of that, right? Oh, yeah, like, you know all these things, now? Absolutely. Oh, that's crazy. Absolutely. Can you teach me? Yeah, bro, that's how I code our videos into Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's my idea of the week. What course would you recommend? What type of courses would you recommend people, you know, develop? I think it depends on what you want to do, right? Like, if you're someone that's just curious and, like, you know, there's something that you want to go... It depends on the industry that you are. Like, I'm in finance. Python in finance is, like, a good course on Udemy, less than $25. You have introduction to, like, the whole... Prior for me to switching to finance, I was in accounting, and there's a whole conception that accountants don't understand finance. So I just made sure that I went, and I did the one-on-ones on banking. It literally explained to me <laughs> how banking started to the point of, like, me doing what an investment banker would be doing in this world, right? And, like, yeah. having a project to deliver. And I did that. It was, like, a, like over, like, I think 60 hours yeah. of courses. But, yeah, and I did that. And I think it was, like, over 60 hours of courses. And coming out of that, it was really um, useful when I was going to my interviews. So just look at whatever you need to do and go and learn that. Well... It wasn't his idea, but... Um, it was I, literally I, my idea. I respect that you said it first. I respect it. It was literally my idea. That's it, literally what I told you when I came here. Anyone who looks in the camera like that and tries to, and tries to convince themselves, it's okay. It's okay. You see? That's, that's the story of my life. But because I have a big brain and because I have big ideas, I'm okay to pass it to the man that's going to literally execute that shit. <laughs> On that note, Kevin, please wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of Big Ideas, Little Execution. You know what it is. It's Kevin with the uh, Customer Service Representative Voice. You can find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, OpenCast, every other type of cast. You know what it is. We're always here. We're always around. Make sure you come interact with us at Big Ideas, Little Execution on Instagram. And... Just like that, it's another episode. Yo, we're out.